Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. The bye week is in the rearview mirror, and we've got another week of football as Georgia Tech prepares to take on Temple this coming Saturday in Philadelphia. Wiley Ballard joined by the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra, and his ace color man, Sean Bedford. And guys, we're now almost two weeks removed from uh, – last uh, the last loss against the citadel uh with that amount of time to digest and reflect uh, what's the one thing you'll be looking for uh as far as improvements when it comes to georgia tech facing temple this weekend well i think a lot of it is finding a rhythm offensively and tech at times looked just completely lost they didn't seem to have a good handle for what was working a lot of that was due to the fact that the citadel held the ball for almost the entire game when you have 42 minutes of possession uh, it's really tough to get in a rhythm offensively. But when Tech did have the ball, they just didn't seem like they could consistently put it together and have a, a rhythm and a, and a connection between quarterback and receiver in particular. Uh, I'm looking to see this this team reassert itself. Um, I'd like to see the offensive line step up in a big way, but I want to see the timing and the connections between quarterback and receiver really improve because I think that there are yards for the taking there. And against a defense that's as t- as talented and well-coached as Temple's is, Tech is not going to be able to come out there and be one-dimensional. So I think that sort of connection and making the most of their offensive possessions is going to be very important. Yeah, and in spite of a perceived lack of rhythm that Tech showed against the Citadel, Sean, they still averaged six and a half yards per play. So uh, it wasn't all doom and gloom, uh, even though they didn't get the win last time out. I think the fact the offensive line should be healthier heading into this game, they're facing the Temple team that allowed 200-plus rushing yards against a, a Buffalo offense that wasn't the most highly regarded. I think there's a prime opportunity for Georgia Tech, even on the road, to establish some of that rhythm that has maybe been elusive for them at times. So I'm excited to see if they, they worked on some of those things to help them become more efficient during the bye week and that that translates to this Saturday. And looking back at that game against the Citadel, Andy, you noted six and a half yards per play in the game. They were close to nine yards per play in the second half, scored 18 points in the final 30 minutes of regulation. What do you guys think Tech had working in those final two quarters that you know, may be a sign of some positive things to come? The introduction of Jalen Camp uh, into this offense was a big part of it. He showed that you know he's a, he's a big receiver who can come, um, come back to the ball, win jump balls, win some of those back shoulder fades. And his emergence in the offense, I think, was a big spark for this offense in the second half. The other thing they did well is what they've done well all season, which is they found ways to run the ball. And I think uh, when Tobias Oliver and Jordan Mason were in the game, uh, and utilizing their strengths, I thought that was very effective. I think also, uh, if you trace those last two quarters, Sean, they did a better job staying ahead of schedule, getting productive first down carries or passes. Uh, and I, I agree that once they started reestablishing Jordan Mason, they were able to force Citadel to commit more defenders in the box that opened things up on the outside and get some big plays downfield. Jalen not only had the touchdown early in the third quarter, but he had that big uh, catch in the fourth quarter to initiate another scoring drive for the Yellow Jackets. So I think that speaks to what you said earlier about finding a rhythm, being able to stay one step ahead of a defense, not allow themselves to be so narrowly defined as far as how they move the ball downfield. We started to see flashes of that. Now can we see extended stretches of that on Saturday versus Temple? The loss was disappointing, no question about that, uh, against the Citadel. But Jahazel Lee also lost for the year, uh, carted off the field. 
and uh, will not play again in 2019. So in the long term, that means Jay Hazel's back for 2020, which is good news. But in the meantime, guys, Andy, I know you spoke with Brent Key earlier this week, but how does the Georgia Tech offensive line overcome the loss of Jahazel Lee? Well, it's just a depth issue on both sides of the line, really. Uh, and Jahazel's somebody who plays left tackle. He's played at center before. Uh, so you, you not only have experience, but versatility. Uh, I think you're going to see more of Georgia Tech's setup that you saw at the beginning of the Clemson game, where Zach Quinney might move over to left tackle. Uh, they'll have to find some answers, whether it's Jack DeFore or others, right tackle. Um, but, you know, anytime you lose uh, somebody who can set that edge for you on the offensive line show, you know that's not an insignificant absence, but that's why Georgia Tech has been so uh, vigilant about cross-training guys dating back to the spring and talking with Brent Key. You'll hear more of our interview in our pregame show on Saturday. Uh, there is no permutation that they're not prepared for it when it comes to the shuffling of their offensive line. Nothing catches them off guard. Well, anytime you're trying to replace a left tackle in particular, it's a tall task, but as you alluded to there, Andy, having that position versatility and flexibility along the offensive line is really helpful because it allows you to look at what you have, find your best five, and find ways to get them on the field. And, and another point that you brought up that I think is really important here is having that extra week to kind of experiment with different combinations and for those guys to build continuity and, and an understanding of how each other plays along the offensive line during that span. I think that's really, really helpful. Well, let's turn our attention to Temple. This is a team that ranks uh, the top 10 nationally in passing offense as well as passing defense at a school record with over 500 yards passing in their uh, season opening win over Bucknell. But as you noted earlier, Andy, coming off a, a disappointing loss against Buffalo, with Tech having some strength in their secondary, at least as, that's the way things have been perceived through the first couple of weeks, how intrigued are you by this matchup between the Temple passing game and the Georgia Tech uh, back seven? I'm really intrigued, and, and I don't want to give short shrift to Ramon Davis, who's a 5'9", 210-pound freshman running back. He's a thumper for them, uh, who's averaging 70 rushing yards a game. So he's somebody who can tenderize the inside of a defense and, and, and allow that vertical passing game to open up for Russo. But Anthony Russo, uh, he's been there and he's done that. He threw for 507 versus Bucknell in their season opener. We know he can spin it, but he also is prone sometimes for taking chances that aren't there. And over his career, he's got 24 touchdown passes, but also 19 interceptions. I think turnovers on the road, they become so magnified for that visiting team. If Georgia Tech can dial them up, shorten the field for the offense, that could go a long way towards getting them a road victory. But you're right, Georgia Tech's Strongest position group, I think, is still that back four. And this is a Temple team that's in the top 10 nationally in passing offense. They've got some uh, multifaceted receivers like Wright and Blue and Brandon Mack. Uh, so it's going to be a fun chess match to watch on Saturday. I'm excited. Well, I am too. And I think this actually is a matchup that may play into Tech's favor because, as you noted, Andy, the, the secondary defensively has been an area of strength for Tech so far this season. But if you look back to the Citadel game, by bunching everyone in together with a, a tight double flex formation, it forced those defensive backs out of their element and essentially took them out of the game and made it a battle between uh, the Citadel's offensive line and the front seven for, for Georgia Tech. Now, if you look ahead at what Temple's going to try to do, they're going to try to spread you out, and that's exactly the kind of offense that this Tech defense is built to defend against. You know, Anthony Russo has, has performed well this season, but as you mentioned, he has a tendency to be a little bit turnover prone. When you look at that wide receiver core, they've had a lot of just size and skill mismatches against defenders 
And so they've, they've benefited from that. They're not going to have that same kind of mismatch against this Tech secondary. I think there are going to be opportunities against a, a passing offense that isn't hyper-complex, uh, but is designed to take advantage of mistakes by the DBs. I think if Tech's defensive backs um, come to play, they could be in for a couple of takeaways, and I think that could be an important difference in this game. Well, one of the keys for Georgia Tech moving forward this season is going to be cashing in on those takeaways. Tech has been outscored 28 to nothing in the points off of turnovers. Hasn't been lack of opportunities, but uh, hopefully some more opportunities this Saturday and a chance to cash in on them. Andy, Sean, thanks again for the time, guys. And uh, we'll plan on getting cheesesteaks Friday night and playing some football on Saturday afternoon. Sounds good to me. As long as those cheesesteaks are on you, Wally, I'm enthusiastically in favor of it. Well, all right, well, we might have to do the, uh, the half sizes, but I, I'm good with that, too. All right, next up, we'll hear from former Georgia Tech fullback Mike Cox, who's got ties not only to Georgia Tech, but also to Temple. Back in a moment on From the Flats. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are back in action at Bobby Dodd Stadium Saturday, October 5th. Take advantage of the Stinger Mobile Pass that guarantees you a seat for all remaining home games, including Georgia, for $149. Visit ramblinrec.com slash Stinger Pass today. We're joined by a very special guest with Ties to both schools in a lot of ways. That'd be former three-year starter at fullback for Georgia Tech, Mike Cox. You might know him as the uh, top lead blocker for Tashard Choice back in 06 and 07 when uh, Coach Choice led the ACC in rushing. Mike also played in over 50 NFL games, key contributor on that division title-winning team in Kansas City back in 2010, and also the winner of the Total Person Award back when he was on campus as a student athlete at Georgia Tech, Mike, we're, we're thrilled to have you. And uh, first off, can you kind of tell us what you've been up to since retiring from the NFL in 2012? Yeah, life has been a little crazy since my time in the NFL. I now have two children, a son and a daughter, and uh, I went back to finish my degree at Georgia Tech in 2014. I always promised my mom that I'd get a degree, and and I put in enough hard work at this great institution that I figured I might as well finish out what I started. And uh, so I went back and actually coached with uh, Paul Johnson as a student coach. I always thought I wanted to get into college coaching. And uh, you remember that team was pretty special going to the Orange Bowl and winning there. And I just had a blast. But again, it was just shown to me that uh, coaching wasn't in my cards right there. And uh, that's when I graduated and decided to move back to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I got into medical device sales. And more recently, I just started uh, in the financial planning wealth management world. So uh, things have been going well. And again, I've been following my uh, Yellow Jackets from up here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, putting that newly minted Georgia Tech degree to good use, you along with a couple other guys, uh, Michael Johnson being one of them graduating, uh, completing their degree in 2015. I'm curious, how often are you in touch with your former teammates, you know, from 2005, 06, and 07, those three years you were a starter? Again, uh, that was just something that I, I really loved about my time at Tech and what was just different from my time in the NFL was, I mean, we had so, such a great family atmosphere and relationships. I keep in touch with a good amount of my teammates. I was just able to uh, see my old roommate, our starting center, Kevin Tuminello in Columbus, Ohio, the other week. And I, I talked frequently with the shard, you know, he was my tailback. And even before him was PJ Daniels. And I keep in touch with uh, Calvin. We run a youth football camp and he always sends me stuff from his Lions times. And again, it's just really good. And it's just a brotherhood that uh, I, I try to keep in touch as much as possible. And I mean, I make a point to, to uh, take my family to go to at least one game a year. And again, uh, I mean, uh, I truly enjoy my time and the relationships I was able to build with my teammates. Uh, have you picked out a game this year that you guys are going to be going to? I imagine uh, Georgia Tech playing in Philadelphia this weekend. 
Yes, uh, this is something that I've kind of always dreamed of. As a kid growing up, my dad played football there and wrestled. My mom went to school there. My sister graduated from physical therapy school there. And uh, we've been season ticket holders since I can remember. And I've always dreamed since I played there of, of seeing Tech play Temple in Philadelphia. So it was close, kind of up here in my neck of the woods. And it's been circled on our calendar since I saw that. And uh, again, it's something I would never want to miss. And we've kind of turned into a family tradition of going to the Georgia, Georgia Tech game in Atlanta every other year. So it'll be my son's uh, first time there that he'll ever really remember. He was born right when I was coaching in 2014. And so he was at the game, but he was only a couple months old. So we're there and we might be able to try to run down to uh, when they play at Duke this year. It's only a like, six hour drive from Pennsylvania here. And uh, whenever they get remotely close, I love to try to catch the jackets. Well, that's awfully exciting. You had Temple season tickets uh, for as long as you can remember. What do you remember about the last two years uh, with Coach Jeff Collins when, when he was coaching at Temple? Because he was on staff when you were a player back in 06. I mean, do you remember uh, getting a chance to get to know him when he was on staff back when you were uh, when you were a player? Yeah, absolutely. Coach Collins, you know, he stood out. He could tell he was passionate, and that passion definitely rang out, you know, with us players. Yeah, I mean, he was just the old director of player personnel, and, recruiting and stuff like that. So I didn't interact with him a lot, but everybody knew who Coach Collins was. And then that passion just followed him wherever he went. And then I know personally, I was super excited when he came to Temple because behind Georgia Tech, Temple is my team too. And we got him there. I was so excited. And you could just see the hard work and it all paid off for what he was able to do with Temple in his two years there. I mean, got that program going and the players looked apart and they were there and it was just, everything's exciting in Philadelphia. So uh, when I saw he was coming to Tech, I mean, I, I jumped for joy, but it also felt bad for the Owls, but I couldn't be more excited for a, a better coach that we have at Tech than Coach Collins. Well, you probably know both programs as well as anyone right now. What are what, what are your keys uh, for Georgia Tech to find some success against Temple? Finding some rhythm as an offense, you know, sticking with something. The defense, just do your jobs. At Temple, they're, a, they're actually a, a very big physical team. They play the part of being, you know, from Philadelphia, the Broad Street Bullies and they're big and physical, and I think we just have to take it to them, hit them right back in the mouth, and it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a fight. That's just the way the Temple has played the recent years, and they take pride, and uh, again, just uh, they need to make plays when they're there offensively. You don't miss those uh, the layups and make plays when they present themselves. Well, you mentioned your father wrestled at Temple, and then you and your brother Lucas were fullbacks uh, at Georgia Tech for some of the uh, biggest wins uh, th this side of 2000. Have you guys put anything up for this weekend about the outcome? Any uh, any interesting bets? Oh, I'm I'm interested to see. My dad is keeping it kind of quiet right now up until the game. As we are truly a house divided. My <laughs> uncles were in a big family text thread, and he was always saying, you know, who's he going to root for? So he said he, he's pulling for his owls this week. It's the first time ever since 2004, my freshman year, he said he's not going to be uh, rooting for the for the Yellow Jackets. He's hoping for a good game, but for his owls to come out on top. And, I mean, we're going to have to definitely think of something to go with that. Well, Mike, thanks again for your time. And uh, and, and I, I know uh, many of us are curious, uh, who is uh, your son going to be rooting for, uh, knowing that a grandpa might be uh, cheering on the owls and uh, dad and uncle uh, Lucas will be cheering on Georgia Tech? Yeah, well, uh, Grandpa is notorious for bribing his grandsons a good bit, so I'm going to have to keep on track and make sure he doesn't find any uh, extra temple hats or shirts running around. But he knows my son's bedroom is uh, is a Georgia Tech football bedroom. He's got Bobby Dodd panoramas on there, buzz on his floor, and some wild pictures up on the top. And so he, he's got no choice but the root for Tech.
Well, Mike, thrilled, uh, thrilled to have you guys around uh, this weekend, and it sounds like a couple more times this year. Uh, great to hear from you as always. And again, Mike, uh, thanks for the time. Uh, no problem. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That was Mike Cox. Up next, we'll hear from volleyball coach Michelle Collier as they get set for their home opening weekend of ACC play. This is From the Flats. And we are now joined by head volleyball coach Michelle Collier in her sixth season leading the Yellow Jackets. Already one month in the books, coach. You guys started off real hot uh, back at O'Keefe about a month ago, uh, the Georgia Tech Invitational, and then uh, went on the road, took some lumps, but you guys are coming back home now, a chance to open up ACC play. Uh, what have you learned about your team the last month? You know, we're definitely uh, coming back better and stronger. Um, I think that we knew we wanted to compete on the road better than we have been in the past. And so I think that we did that. Um, you know, there, we, we won some matches and we also put ourselves in situations that we could have won a couple more matches against some really good teams in their home environment. I mean, we faced two sellout crowds from, you know, record crowds from our opponents. And we, we faced a lot of adversity out there, different uh, strength and weaknesses and things like that. So I'm really pleased with the way that we just kind of performed throughout preseason. Um, the goal is always to make sure that you use that schedule to get you ready for your conference schedule um, and the things that you're going to see in conference. And uh, I think we did that. I think we took advantage of being home um, and took care of business here. And I think that we, you know, learn about ourselves a lot on the road and what we need to get better. And we have been back in the gym, getting better at the things that we felt we needed to do a little bit better for the next time that we're, we're on the court again. So we'll, we'll be a better team Friday night. Mariana Brambila missed the first weekend of the season with that injury, but she's since come back. Is she fully healthy and ready to go? She is. Uh, still, you know, it's she's not 100%, but she she's pretty close to 100%. I think that she's also playing a new position um, over there on the right side, and so that, that takes a little bit of adjustment uh, from her, and she's been doing a great job. She's been very reliable on that. I think that our numbers um, – offensively from that side had never been as good so it's great to have um, some presence over there on the right side and Mari has just been doing a great job learning about it trying to adapt um, you know it's very different than when you're on the left and just the rhythm too because outside you get tons of sets all the time and you don't get that many balls on the right um, you know so all of that she's been doing a great job and she's taking care of her body so that she can be as good as she can um, every every time. You mentioned sharing the ball on the right. Manning mm-hmm. McKissick's had to step up a lot. Yeah. Uh, had a phenomenal freshman year, now a sophomore. How have things changed for her the now that you guys have moved from the 6-2 to the 5-1? And mm-hmm. trying to get her to understand that she has a lot of options, she a lot does. of different decisions <laughs> she can make, but a short amount of time to make them. For sure. Uh, she's been great. I mean, just kind of really taking advantage of being in that position. It's fun to, to be a 5-1 setter. It's fun to kind of have the um, – control of the game you know and I think that she really has taken it very naturally Um, I think Claudio has done a great job mentoring her um, and teaching her situations and and what to do when to find a hot hand you know um, we talk a lot about matchups when we play and things that we want to do against our opponents and things like that and I think uh, our passing has gotten a lot better this year too and so I think that that has definitely reflected on what she can do for us um, because she has more options. She also has put herself in, she's been given better situations to respond to those options. Um, so it's been great to just see the, the growth offensively as a team in general. Um, and Maddie, of course, leading that and, and being the quarterback in that offense. Uh, she's just really doing a great job. 
Well, you guys have two big matches coming up this Friday night uh, against the Syracuse Orange at 7, then Boston College at noon on Sunday. I, I go back to the, the first weekend of the season, home opener hosting Long Beach State. I uh-huh. mean, that was that was a, a quintessential <laughs> O'Keefe crowd. Yeah, was it was such a, a great, great finish uh, and a big win for Tech. Uh, what do you expect from the crowd this weekend, and what do you guys need to compete? Yeah, I mean, O'Keefe is just, is just a unique place, so we expect nothing different. Uh, we know that we're going to have uh, the energy of O'Keefe behind us, and it's that's always really special, and we definitely try to take advantage of being in that environment. Um, you know, and Syracuse is a great team. I mean, they're very well-rounded, um, lots of experience there, good, um, you, you know, just experienced international players um, in his roster. Um, so they're going to play the game at a high level, and I think it's fun. It's going to be good volleyball. Uh, you know, I think that they, they really play the game, the game clean and aggressive, and it's not easy to stop because they do a lot of things. And so um, – I think that it's going to challenge us, but it's also just a good team to play against. You know, you're going to be do, doing some good things um, that we work on in practice all the time. So we're ready for it. We're definitely looking forward to be back at home, being a little more warm and cozy. <laughs> you know, because we uh, we the last two on the, the last two weeks on the road. I mean, have has been a little bit of a grind. So. Uh, we know it's going to be a big challenge, but we're just happy to be at O'Keefe, and, and we want to make sure we maximize our opportunities here. And again, this place is like no other, so uh, we want to make sure we're taking advantage of that. So we hope to get everybody over there. Well, Coach, thanks for the time. Best of luck this weekend. We'll be following along, and I uh, hope Thank to have you. you out there as well, uh, Tech fans who might be in the area. And it's 7 o'clock uh, Friday night against Syracuse, noon on Sunday against Boston College, and, of course, football in action this weekend up in Philadelphia. Uh, pre-game coverage begins at 1.30 on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. I'm Wiley Ballard, Coach. Thanks for the time, and let's yeah. have a great weekend. Thank you. My pleasure. Go Jackets. You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast. Be sure to tune into the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage, and subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.